Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Melanie C. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, August 10th, 2017 and this is the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book and we are on page 83, going to read paragraph 1 only today in its entirety. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Karen R., the 12 Traditions, Robin B., and reading the text today and support for us will be Elaine T., Lynn D., and Ashley P. Thank you for that. The reference numbers for yesterday's 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting would be 10,254. 10,254. And for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting today, Thursday the 10th, 10,294, 10,294. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Karen R. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, this is Karen R., a compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic in North Carolina. These are the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. <clears throat> Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Karen R., I will now ask Robin B. to read the 12 Traditions. Star 1, Robin B. Ashley P., are you on the line? Would you be able to read the 12 traditions? I can do that real quick here in the interest of time. The 12 traditions, number... Hello. Um, Melanie, this is Joanne B. Um, I can read them if I'm allowed to. You have them handy. Let's go. Here I am. 
so sorry I'm here. This is Robin B. I, I can't get in. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Robin B. I think we're having a little technical difficulty today. I'll just go ahead and continue. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Thus, problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name not ever not, ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I'll pass. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 83, paragraph 1, and I will ask Elaine T. to begin the reading and discussion. Good morning, Elaine. Good morning. Thanks, Melanie. Um, I'm Elaine, compulsive overeater, recovered in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, into action. Yes. There is a long period of reconstruction ahead. We must take the lead. Our remorseful mumbling that we are sorry won't fill the bill at all. We ought to sit down with the family and frankly analyze the past as we now see it, being very careful not to criticize them. Their defects may be glaring, but the chances are that our own actions are partly responsible. So we clean house with our family, asking each morning in meditation that our Creator show us the way of patience, tolerance, kindness, and love. Well, wow. it's a very small paragraph, but a lot bigger when you start to think about it. Um, I came into program in 1993 and was blessed with um, immediate abstinence and a 100-pound recovery. Unfortunately, my story didn't continue directly in a line from there, and I relapsed. Uh, probably around the year 2000. Um, in terms of this paragraph, um, I don't know if I didn't hear these things when um, it, back then, or whether it was just me, unable or unwilling. Um, but um, 
I came back in 2016 to Vision and have had um, a, a greater awakening. Um, in the years um, I was in relapse, I never left the rooms. I kept I kept coming back because I knew there was no other answer. And um, but I think I thought God was going to magically zap away my defects of character because. I read that section that said, you know, um, we're, we're not supposed to do it. God will do it. Um, and I didn't know what my footwork was. Um, today I'm living in 10, 11, and 12, and my footwork shows me very clearly that I don't know the meanings of patience, tolerance, kindness, and love um, as well as I should. So I'm looking – I looked those up this morning. Patience is the capacity to accept um, suffering – um, without anger. Tolerance is an allowable willingness to accept something particular in existence or an opinion or a behavior that one doesn't agree with. Kindness, the quality of being kind, warm-hearted or gentle. Love, an intense feeling of deep affection, fondness, tenderness, warmth, attachment, and endearment. So today, I get to work at um, reminding myself that these are my goals. And um, I don't always do it perfectly. Sometimes I don't think I do it at all. But um, it is better. And um, the program has shown me that if I ask God, he will give me those uh, aha moments where um, if I'm being impatient, I realize and step back, pause, and, um, you know, give the person the leeway, whether it's in a line that I don't want to be in or, you know, on the freeway with cars or whatever. Um, I think that um, being able to see my part more clearly, being cleanly abstinent is a big deal for me. And um, going over these pages day by day, um, as Katie G says, one day at a time um, with you all, um, that's where um, my life has improved. And I can't tell you how wonderful it is to um, be in this program and to continue to do the things that my higher power has set before me and to share with you um, what little I have to offer and um, listen to your wisdom to help me continue one day at a time. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Elaine T. Okay, so we're ready. Who would like to comment on this paragraph? We're on paragraph one, page 83. It's time to unpack it. Sally A. Hey, Sally. Welcome. Lynn. Lindy. Hi, Lindy. Gotcha. Thank you. Kathleen O. Kathleen. Okay. That sounds like it's it. We'll go with that lineup. Sally A., Lynn D., and Kathleen O. Welcome, Sally. Thank you so much, Mel. Thank you for all of your service to all of us. And I'm Sally A. in New York, a recovering compulsive overeater. And um, here again, I am moved by the amount of times that they use the word we. I came home to New York a year ago to uh, stop isolating from my family because I found for so many years that they were such a trigger for me. And I kept running back to South Jersey with my tail tucked between my leg so that I could stay safe in abstinence and in recovery. And what I've learned in this year is that I I need to be close to my family. I need to be connected to my family, to people, um, especially, of course, to God. And here we see this in this paragraph. We see all of this. We see that they're talking about the reconstruction ahead, and I believe they're talking about our families. We, we cannot do this alone. This is where it's a minefield, my family. There are so many triggers. And so this paragraph tells us we must take the lead. It goes on to say we ought to sit down. We ought to sit down with the family. Do they expect me to invite 14 OA friends? 
or vision for you, friends? No. But I must be cognizant of my need to be part of the we and stay connected because this is where there are a, there's a lot of minefields and triggers going on in, in this process of reconstruction. We now see it. So again, they're, they're pointing a flashlight on this connecting to each other and, and staying with each other and providing support for each other. So we clean house with the family, and here we bring in God asking, not just asking, you know, gee, I think I'll ask the, um, the, the, the chair in the corner. No, asking God each morning in meditation that my God, my creator, show us not me, us, the way of patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love. And this has been um, a bit of a mantra, but I'll just end by saying that this has been what God is showing me, is that this is the heart, the pulse, the beating of my illness, that I isolate, that my ego leads me to do it myself, that I think that I can do it myself. I cannot. I need you guys. I need to be part of the we, of you guys and me, and my family and me, and God and me. I'm so grateful that you're here and that I can be part of your we. Have a great day, everybody. I pass. Mel? I am here. Thanks so much, Sally. That's a reminder to unmute. Thank you for your share. Lindy, you're next. Hi, I'm Lindy from Colorado. Boy, can I relate to this paragraph. Um, the part where it says, a remorseful mumbling that we are sorry won't fill the bill at all. Um, I really remember the first amends I made to my uh, son, uh, who was 12 years old at the time, and he basically told me that in a not-too-nice tone that I think I could just say I'm sorry and keep on doing the same stuff over and over. And he really woke me up with that truth, um, you know, and, and this paragraph is just the opposite of how I used to live. Um, it was all about me, and I ran the show, and it was, you know, it was them. I blamed everybody in my family for being difficult. You know, we'd been, I'd been to therapy, don't you know? I'm, I know it all. Uh, so it was really challenging for a lot of years. It seemed almost like um, our relationships were more difficult um, in the beginning of my recovery, they were really angry with me. And uh, I really had to live differently. And um, I, I had to cling to my higher power because I could not do this by myself. I didn't know what it even looked like, you know. What did patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love look like lived every day? I didn't know. I only used those, uh, I only used kindliness and love when I would, could get something from it. So I needed a lot of help, and I'm so grateful that we have steps 10, 11, and 12, that we don't have to get this perfect uh, at this point, you know. I, I have God guiding me, and things really turned around, and today, 23 years later, I have very good relationships that continue to improve with my husband and my two sons and my grandchildren, and I am so very grateful for that. Uh, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lindy. Kathleen O, you're next, and then we'll open up again. Thank you, Melanie. Good morning, everyone. This is Kathleen O, recovered in California. So their defects may be glaring, but the chances are that our own actions are partly responsible. You know, I found that my actions were more than partly um, responsible. And to go into making amends and not criticize someone um, is really kind of a, a cool thing to do um, because it feels really good in the end. You know, it's not about if I go in saying, well, yes, I did this and I want to, you know, I'm sorry and, um, you know, I'm going to do things differently, but you blah, blah, blah. You know, that just kind of negates everything I've said. So it really is about, and the other person's not going to really get it or believe it if I'm pointing out their defects. And that's not what I need to do here. I need to you know, talk about where I need to make amends. And so, yeah, patience. Um, you know, can I accept what other people are doing without getting angry or upset? Um, you know, can I accept someone cutting me off in traffic without getting angry or upset? 
just kind of, you know, bless them, change me. Let me move over so you can get ahead. Um, and in the end, that always feels better. Um, you know, tolerance. Am I willing to tolerate the opinions or behaviors of others that I don't agree with? Um, you know, I don't need to try to force people to think the way I think or act the way I act or, you know, any of that. It's like I just need to accept who they are for who they are and be tolerant. And, you know, love, can I be benevolent and concerned for the, for the good of another? Um, and kindliness, you know, can I be warm-hearted, compassionate, and understanding towards others? And, you know, I sometimes wonder what kind of world we would live in if all the world leaders um, did this kind of work and practiced these four things every day. But, you know, it can start with me. And... Um, and that's all I can do is, is, you know, I can't control anyone else or anything, but I can certainly control, you know, what's coming out of my mouth and how I'm acting and how I'm behaving. And thank you, I pass. Thank you, Kathleen O. We are studying today and unpacking paragraph one on page 83 today. Who would like to comment on that paragraph? Charles H. Hi, Charles. Hi. Ashley P. Ashley P. Jennifer P. Jennifer P. Anyone else this morning before we close and go on? Sherry KB. Hi, hi, Sherry. Camille G. Okay, we got it there. The last one in. Okay. Thank you. I have Charles H., Ashley P., Jennifer P., Sherry KB, and Camille G., you're up, Charles. Good morning. Good morning, Melanie C. Thank you for your service. Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. So this this reminds me, you know, I know we're in the ninth step, and it's, what a great step. Unfortunately, we lose a lot of people in this step. Um, but they have the capacity to come back. Um, but this reminds me of page 19 where it says, um, a much more important demonstration of our principles lie before us in our respective homes, occupations, and affairs. You know, all of our affairs. <laughs> and, you know, Mother Teresa has a great quote, if you want to change the world, start with your family. And I've heard people saying that that is the most difficult place to start. But that's where I need to start at because, um, you know, I want to be all around saying, hey, I'm going here, I'm going there, but I'm leaving my family and abandoning my family, and I'm not living either man. And thank God for this clear-cut message um, that's telling us that I need more patience every single day. I have not arrived. I could could remember Bill saying on page two that I have arrived, page one, one of his pages in Bill's story that I have arrived. I have not arrived because... Listen, I am that pumpkin that turns into a pumpkin at 12.01. I am that self-centered person that needs this process more than ever. I am this person that needs to practice these principles in all my affairs. How soon do I forget? i got a built-in forgetter. And patience and tolerance and love, if that's my code, I need to work these steps stronger, harder, and with more desperation than a drowning man. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Melanie, for your service. Thank you, Charles H. Ashley P., you're next. Ashley P., a little technical difficulty there. Can you just readjust real quick? Perhaps call back in and then we'll catch it next, just but, after sorry. Jennifer. Jennifer P., are you? Oh, there you are. Sorry about that. Um, so, yeah, we're talking about um, a long period of reconstruction, um, which to me is a, a lifetime of amends to make. Um, and so it just kind of makes me think about the steps, uh, step four through step nine. Um, and step four, I begin to identify that I have a part in everything that happens. And in step five, um, for me, it was my sponsor, uh, and I know it can be for uh, other other people, different uh, different people, uh, and, and that helped them clarify what 
this part was. Um, and then in six and seven, I, I turned those actions over to God um, so that in eight and nine, I, I can be um, in action and, and begin to to embark upon this period of reconstruction. Um, and then the amends that I, I make are are daily um, so that that actual face-to-face amends or that conversation um, that might happen once, but when I think about what the way of tolerance and patience and love is, um, it's it's a daily way of making amends. That's that's how I make my living amends. Is that I I begin to think about um, how how to be tolerant, patient, kind, and and loving um, with my family, with the world around me with my friends, um, with everybody. And, and that's how I began to become a different person. Um, and I just wanted to talk a little bit about really how wonderful living this way is, because I think when I initially thought of this step, the first time I came into program, I thought that living this way seemed really hard and um, really just uh like uh difficult and and unfair like how how could i take responsibility and act patiently and kindly and loving to a family that you know was still so unhealthy to a world where there was still so much injustice and pain um and i just want to tell the newcomers how wonderful um living in this way is how deeply satisfying making amends is and to to the world around me and, and to myself as well um, because it finally gives me the opportunity to be proud of who I am and um, and to have all the confidence that or to begin to have the confidence that I've lacked my entire life because I can finally have pride in, in the actions um, that I take on a daily basis. So it's really a very joyful, serene, and um, fulfilling way of living. And maybe not easy, but it's so much easier than the way I was living. And I'm I'm just constantly floored by that. Um, and thanks for being patient with me in the beginning of this. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ashley P. Jennifer P., you're next. Hi, this is Jennifer P., a compulsive overeater in New Jersey. Um, thanks, Melanie, and everyone for doing service. Um, I just, you know, I heard on the, on the meeting the other day around the, the, all amends are living amends, you know, and I'm seeing how in this paragraph, talking about the family and the people I'm closest to, which, you know, that I spend the most time with, which is my husband, my kids, and my mom, that... I can see actually the moments sometimes when you know I need to make a change. I need to make an amend because that's what an amend is. Because I, my default behavior still pops up. Uh, the fears still come up. And like one example that comes to my mind is you know, when my husband wants to be left alone, and because he needs time or he just needs space or whatever, you know, if he's working or he just wants. He doesn't want me to talk to him, or and that would used to just always automatically trigger the fear of being alone, of being disconnected, um, of not getting my way. And I can amend that today by saying, "Okay," and walking away, and trusting that my higher power got this one. You know, that my higher power is bigger than my fear, um, and that's one way that, you know, I'm amending that old behavior, which I, you know, I hope is old. I mean, it still comes up. I still have the feeling sometimes. Uh, but I can also, you know, when I have that pause, like that's what my higher power is, really, it's a pause. And then doing a 10-step, calling the fellow, being of service, seeing how I can be of service to my husband. You know, if I do the same thing with my kids, um, seeing how I can be of service to them instead of being in the fear. Anyway, uh, I just wanted to share that. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jennifer P. Sherry KB, you're up next. 
We're on page 83, paragraph 1. Sherry good morning, KB. Melanie. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry Taibbi in Northern California, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Eye Reader. Ah, sorry. <laughs> um, thank you so much for your service, Melanie. Always grateful. Um, okay, so I'm just kind of calming down here because this is really uh, bringing up a lot of stuff for me. Um, period of reconstruction, a long period of reconstruction, um, and we must take the lead. Um, you know, I can, uh, there's kind of like, <clears throat> you know, how you have before and after pictures of what you look like. Uh, not only that, but what I look like on in the inside, um, how much I've changed. Um, when I look at this, this paragraph, I remember thinking that, oh boy, I get to, um, you know, reconstruct my husband and change him. And I mean, I had such a different attitude and that we could sit down and talk about, frankly, you know, even though um, I had issues, but his was glaring and I could change him, you know. Um, And what a difference um, today, what a difference today, because I am learning that, you know, I'm the one that's needed to change. Um, I I spent a career, a life, um, working with my husband and trying to change him, really. And I spent so much time doing that, that, you know, and eating at him and doing all this kind of stuff that, you know, I have a lot to amend for. And, And especially in my behavior, whether it was just in between my ears and, you know, someone along this line when I was beginning to work the steps in this book, said to me, you know, I was telling her all this stuff, and she said, well, what what were you thinking? And I went, well, that doesn't matter. And she goes, oh, yes, it does. It counts. All of that counts. And so I have really had to look at my thinking and, um, you know, being able to do this, this and change this and be responsible to clean up my side of the street and not even insinuate his side of the street um, and when I made an amends to my husband, um, I know it shocked him. I know it did. Um, and I continue to work on myself and change myself with my higher power self. I cannot do this alone. Um, and um, I don't want to do it alone anymore. And I used to think I had to do everything, and that's not true. I've got my creator with me. I have my higher power. I have the fellowship. I have so many blessings. And... Um, and the love, patience, and tolerance is my code. Um, and I think about how I am in the world um, and how different I act in the world today. And I can always look at my spiritual Richter scale, especially when I'm in the car. Uh, that tells me where I am today. If I want to know where my recovery is, check me out in the car. And um, I'm, I'm just so grateful because I know that I will continue to do this and that I haven't arrived just because I've lost weight or that I've made it to step 12 um, because I get a life plan here to change my life one day at a time every day. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. Camille G. Uh, good morning. This is Camille G. in Central California. Um, I have come back to the meetings. I've come back to OA after many years away and spending my life uh, running my own show in my way, uh, trying to fix everybody else and not looking in the mirror at myself and learning that I had to be kinder and more tolerant and more loving to everyone. Um, A small example, yesterday, uh, I was coming out of uh, the grocery store, and the lady in front of me walking, pushing her cart, is like, you know, taking her time. And it's like, I'm like, inside of me, I wanted to just push my cart and go around her. And, you know, uh, in the past, I would have said, like, what's wrong with this woman? Why isn't she going to her car and, you know, and leaving? And it's like, it was really hard. I said to my daughter, I'm biting my tongue, and I'm trying to live my program. Um, I'm, I've come back after many years, like I said, and this time I feel it's different, and this time I feel that it's going to be, I'm really trying. I'm, and I'm trying to rely on my higher power and surrender because 
I know I can't do any of this stuff, any of these steps without without him. And I'm just grateful that I was able to swallow my pride and come back. And I'm grateful for uh, a vision for you and the people that have been calling me because it's hard for me to pick the phone up. But I'm working on it. Anyways, I appreciate all of you. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you, Camille. Who else would like to comment on what we've read today? Page 83, paragraph 1. We have time. We'll allow for about five more. This is Brittany Ann. Hi, Brittany. Good morning. Anybody else? Anne Marie M. Hey, Anne Marie. Hi, Terry H. Hi, Terry H. Anybody else? Thank you, then. We'll go with Brittany M, Anne Marie M, and Terry H. Hey, Brittany. Uh, good morning, Mel. Uh, Brittany M, compulsive overeater out of Spokane, Washington. <clears throat> um, th- yeah, this morning I uh, I agree with another one of the, those who shared that this is just bringing up so much for me, um, and I'm really grateful for this program and being able to do the amends with the direction of recovered fellows because. Um, the harm that it caused in my home, I mean, it came it came to the forefront. My kids and um, my husband, who I'm separated from, they came to the top of the list of amends. And my inkling was these need to be made immediately. And if I wouldn't have um, consulted with, with, with recovered fellows, I would have. I would have sat down with with uh, my family and, and um, we would have talked. And what I'm seeing now is that um, it's not time. It's like they're they're wounded animals in the corner, and mom wants to you know put them on my lap and pet them, and and they're scared. And so I do get to have this this long period of reconstruction where I practice living differently today, and. Um, you know, it makes me think of the, the story, the acceptance story in the back and how the the doctor talked about his, his wife, Max, and, and how it was easier to practice these principles with the newcomer than it is with those that are in our family. And um, it also reminds me of page 53 in the AA 12 and 12, where it's talking about, I don't know how to be one among my family or a partner among partners. And so really um, learning to behave differently in these relationships and then having those around me witness that. And I absolutely think that everyone in my life can benefit from the 12 steps. But what's amazing about this program is me working the the 12 steps, um, it seems to like untangle these just balls of, um, of just so much, so much emotion and resentment. And and these things start taking care of them themselves. And so, um, yeah, I'm grateful that we're talking about the family, and I'm grateful that I have a family, and um, that I get to learn to be one among many. So thanks. Thank you, Brittany M. Anne-Marie M., you're next. This is Anne-Marie M. in South Carolina, a compulsive overeater, and very grateful. Gratefully to be abstinent today through God's grace. Um, you know, the living amends and what I've heard, we've got to continue to make amends um, throughout the, I do anyway. Um, the most important thing for me was the honesty and to stay honest uh, and continue to be honest. I remember when um, there was one time when I bought, well, my husband and I had gone shopping earlier in the day and we bought a half a gallon of ice cream and um Mid to late afternoon, you know, uh, yeah, I was just uh, feeling uh, irritable and discontent, and um, that ice cream started calling me, and I was just going to have one cup, of course, but um, I ended up eating the entire thing and then uh, went on to get his uh, box of Oreos, and I thought, I have time, because he always always has just a small dish of ice cream in the the evening. I said, I have time to go to the store before he gets to it. And for some reason, he went in the freezer shortly after my big binge and, um, and, and said, where's the ice cream? And 
you know, I was so I used to be so good at at lying, and um, it was just really helpful for me to um, be honest with him. And I was so frightened and embarrassed and ashamed. And um, you know, I said I I ate it, and he looked at me. He said the whole thing, and I said yes. And it was just. I was so in such fear, but afterwards it was just so freeing to him to know what was going on with me. And he looked at me like I had two heads, and he said, how in the world did you eat an entire thing of ice cream, an entire gallon of ice cream? And I said, well, I not only ate that, I ate my you know, cookies too. And... I was looking at him like he had two heads, like, well, what's wrong with that? I think I, I, mean, I could do that in the sitting. And he had compassion for me. And um, I think prior to that, um, there was a little bit of annoyance of me, you know, doing all this work and being on the phone. And But he finally understood. And um, so being honest and staying honest and letting him know what's going on Especially with my program, you know, I'll, I'll need to say, you know, um, I have a phone call at 4 o'clock. Um, you know, I'm going to be on the phone with the sponsor um, at this time. And um, just to include him in and not have expectations of him putting aside his life so that I can do my program because this is, you know, so important to me. But it has become important to us because I have changed and have become more compassionate with him also. So um, my amends with, you know, my immediate family um, is is very Fine. important, especially with my husband. Thank you. Thanks, Anne-Marie M. Carrie H. Hi, everyone. My name is Terry H., a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina. Very grateful today. Um, yeah, this long period of reconstruction ahead. When I was working the steps and, and working on my amends process, you know, for me, I was clearing those blocks between me and my higher power. You know, I needed to um, go to those people that I hurt along the way while I was in my disease and right some wrongs. And, you know, I wanted to let them know that I really was working and wanted to work on doing things differently. I didn't want to behave in those the manner that I behaved in those relationships in the past. And so part of that process and, going, and sitting down with each person and going through that was coming, you know, deciding um, how I wanted to behave differently in the future. And, I, you know, I took some feedback from, you know, the people that I was making amends with and just, you know, allowing them to share their piece and how I impacted them. And that was not easy because, you know, I, I was inconsiderate. I was selfish. I ran away from relationships. And um, it, was, it was challenging. However, I had my higher power with me, and I let my higher power be present. And I sought, you know, right action and right thought through the through that process. And, you know, I was very grateful for that. And even though it didn't always go to the way I wanted to go, you know, I, I had the willingness just to keep on cleaning my side of the street and clearing out those blocks um, for my connection with my higher power. And, you know, that – and today, you know, I in the mornings I seek – I seek out in my meditation, you know, how can I be kind and tolerant and patient, you know, and I get many opportunities to practice, you know, being those and being that in my, in my family is probably the most challenging um, work that I have today and showing up and, and working my program around my family because they know me best. And I was sharing with my sponsor this morning that last night I have a, had an opportunity in my job to practice patience, tolerance, and kindness. And the more opportunities, more opportunities I get to practice that, you know, I get to, to work, work at it in, with my family members and the closest people to me. And it, it all starts with my connection with my higher power. I have to wake up and, and have that conscious connection with my higher power, seek that guidance, 
and seek right action and right right thought and right action throughout the day. And, you know, today, if I could just send you a picture where I am right now in my hammock, in my yard, looking at the beautiful sky, it is just so amazing, my life today and the freedoms and the pieces, the peace that I'm given uh, thanks to this program and program of recovery. And for that, I'm grateful. Thanks. I pass. Thank you, Terry H. Looks like we have time for two more shares. Anybody want to take those spots? Courtney B. Hi, Courtney. Hi. I'm Hang on Courtney. just one sec. Let's see if somebody else wants to come in right behind you. Anybody else? You have a spot for one more. Courtney's ready to get started. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> Go for I'm it, madam. Courtney B. A recovered compulsive overeater. Happy recovered compulsive overeater in Northern Cal. I just, I think about in Chapter 4, AA, 12 by 12, where Bill says we have to go back to events that caused our emotions violent twists for the worse. And it just so reminds me, this is not a diet and calories club. Maybe you are of the type that that's all you need is a food plan. That's not been my story at all. So to have that four-step bring it up, you know, it's the first time I said those four magic words, can you help me, help me. And you did. And you guys did. And when the, that driving need to eat would hit, for God knows, you know, there's a zillion reasons since I'll eat over everything, anything, and nothing. The ability to put down pen and paper what's coming up that's so painful, I want to run from. Usually has to do with me, connection, God, other people. And I kind of knew I had hit bottom when there was no more blame. I remember when I made amends to my mom, we sat in the living room, and after I got done, she said, well, you sure should be sorry. And furthermore, do you remember when you did, well, I could have died. I could have died. And, you know, I sat there and took it because it was real. And I had violated a lot of her trust. Absolutely. There was no more blame in me. It was like, yeah. Every, and, and it just made it so much easier. I just knew just no more pointing the fingers. And I've, I've learned it. Whatever somebody might say about me, probably somewhat true. My sister said I was judgmental and I had a domineering personality and I remember thinking, yeah, that's kind of true. So I said, you know, I think that's kind of true. I, I can live with that. I mean, I don't know what to say. It's absolutely, yeah. Fair enough. And, and um, we actually kind of laughed about it. But for me to say no more blame and you know, again, my job is is just to own it and to say, can you help me? I don't want to be living with this constant, unexplainable driving need to eat. And how does this relate to any of it? I just wanted a food plan so I could lose weight. All this other stuff was really uncomfortable to look at. But as I listened to you guys, God gave me hope. I like okay. the freedom. And I always will say, Forgiveness feels really good in my body. Thank you, Courtney B. We have a two-minute time slot. Who wants it? Okay, we can go. That's okay. Oh, Leah, take it, please. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Um... We ought to sit down with the family and frankly analyze the past as we now see, being very careful not to criticize them. You know, there's a part in the AA 12 and 12 that I always liked. Um, it says, let's remember that alcoholics are not the only ones bedeviled by sick emotions. Moreover, it is usually a fact that our behavior when drinking has aggravated the defects of others. We've repeatedly strained the patience of our best friends to a snapping point and have brought out the very worst in them. And, you know... <laughs> Step four was the first opportunity I had. Even though I had spent years 
on a, you know, on a couch in psychiatrist's office, et cetera, um, where I really got to examine the attitudes, ideas, and emotions that had dominated me, the core belief systems uh, that were underneath the underneath. And, you know, going through that process, the inventory process of steps four through nine and sitting down with family members and taking responsibility uh, for my behavior, um, you know, <laughs> cleaned off a slate and allowed me um, a new beginning on a very narrow and specific path. You know, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. But the program of recovery um, was a very specific path, and feelings were going to be irrelevant in a spiritual way of life. It didn't matter how I felt. The guiding point was going to be, can I show patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love to those around me. I have a sponsor. I have a network to work out the underneath, the underneath. But what was I going to demonstrate? Am I demonstrating what I'm saying? Am I demonstrating what I'm studying? True then, true today. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Leah. I appreciate that. And that would conclude this particular part of our time together today. Please stay with us because we'll finish out this time with newcomer greetings, sponsors, and announcements. So don't go anywhere. We'll finish this up. So thank you to everyone that shared today. It was a great meeting. We will close with the reading from the big book on page 164. We'll follow that with a serenity prayer. Well, Lynn D., please read a Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, Melanie. I sure will. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. <clears throat> Admit your faults to him and to your, your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. <laughs>